MP, it feels like every area of life at the moment is undergoing revolution. I'm glad you said that, Bretto, because at this year's Wellness Summit virtual experience, all of our speakers are presenting on the revolution. Yeah, and it's such a topsy-turvy world right now. It feels like everything's been turned upside down, whether it's your finances, your food, your health, your longevity, your family. All of these things are just in such a state of flux right now that we really need to get the experts in to give us the lowdown. That's why we have Jason Witten on the financial revolution, Cindy O'Meara on the food revolution, Kim Morrison on the self-love revolution, Marcus Pierce on the longevity revolution, the great Brett Hill on the resilience revolution, Andrea Huddleston on the hormones revolution, And of course, Joe Witten on the food and family revolution. And for the first time ever, we'll have breakout sessions on the energy revolution, the career revolution, the barefoot revolution, the real food revolution, and the parenting revolution. All this and more at The Wellness Summit, September 11 and 12. Book your tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscoach.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello, and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and it gives me great pleasure to shoot down to Melbourne to my brother from another mother. He is my great mate in lockdown at the moment, but I tell you what, if anyone is doing this well, it is the great Dr. Damien Christoph, the oh. guru of wellness. Hello, brother. Oh, hello, brother. I, I, sometimes I'm up there and I am flying, and other times I'm down there and I'm sinking. It's I wouldn't say that I'm I'm doing it any better than most other people, but uh, we're all trying to get through this crazy little stage that we're in um, down here. But thank you for suggesting that I'm doing it really well because it makes me feel like I maybe I am doing it really really well. It's uh, it's good. I, I think for anyone that uh, is in Melbourne and hasn't been to the highs or the lows, uh, they're lying. So I think doing it well doesn't necessarily mean feeling great about it all the time. I just you, you are you, there's something about you in the last month. You are more disarmed than I've ever seen you. Like vulnerable would be the buzz term, but you mm-hmm. are more comfortably disarmed than I've ever seen you. Well, it's interesting you say that, and maybe we'll talk about that today. Because from a mental health perspective, when you're being pecked at continuously, um, start to just you know, retreat a little bit. And so where I might have been bolder or more bold in the past to kind of speak truth um, and to maybe push the envelope a little bit in commentary, Um, obviously being on radio and doing all those sorts of things, you've got to toe the party line. Um, Otherwise, you don't get radio gigs, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, if you if you go on to say things that are a little bit controversial, then all of a sudden in Melbourne, in particular, you seem to be a conspiracy theorist or someone who wears a tin hat, tin foil hat. Um, <laughs> even if you are questioning, and unfortunately, we've just had thirteen doctors pen a letter to the premier, uh, which has you know been fantastic, and they've questioned his approach, um, which is terrific. Um, but I think you know that's where you see hierarchies within the healthcare system probably you know come to the foray and um, and do the right thing. But you you are right. PC, I definitely have felt uh, maybe more vulnerable and definitely more disarmed over the last few weeks in particular, particularly going into this second round, this second lockdown. Um, 
and I just feel like I've just had to flat bat a bit more. You know, it feels like the wicket's a bit more sticky. Um, there's a few balls just jumping around at my head. Um, I've kind of got to, you know, leave a few out offside and just don't worry about chasing the ones down leg side and really just defend middle stump. That's about all I've been doing <laughs> Oh, the cricket metaphor. I love it. Um, now, over the last <laughs> month or so, we've been having the hard conversations on this episode, largely around the world that we live in at the moment and how we navigate it. Today on the menu, largely is meditation, but on a bigger terminology, we're really talking about effectively dealing with stress. And as you've just mentioned, Damo, many of us are dealing with stress at the moment and the ways that we deal with it is so important. So to, to come on today, we have one of Australia's, if not the world's leading authorities on meditation. How's this for a story? From the age of eight, Mark Stevens has used meditation to help control his severe asthma attacks throughout his teenage years and 20s. He studied meditation under Chinese teachers, Japanese masters, and Tibetan monks, a jiu-jitsu black belt, a tai chi teacher, a best-selling author and leading hypnotherapist. In 1990, Mark was given a possible six months to live with a rapidly growing second-stage lymphoma. Mark used a wide variety of Eastern healing methods and complementary treatments, which he combined with the best of Western medicine to overcome his health challenges. With a clean bill of health 30 years later, Mark Stevens today inspires people to transform their own lives through his seminars, groundbreaking hypnosis, and motivation programs, which can be accessed through his Mind Free app. He's a regular on mainstream media around Australia and the world. You may have seen him on A Current Affair over 29 times on the Today Show and uh, soon enough in the Wall Street Journal. It is a very warm welcome to 100 Not Out to Mark Stevens. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here, Damien. Great to be here, Marcus, and great to be alive. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what an attitude. You do have an air of positivity about you. As Damien's just been saying, it has felt a little bit more difficult to feel that at times at the moment. I'm just on a personal question straight up. How have you gone personally through these times? And uh, do you feel as human as the rest of us that, as Damien said, you do have highs and you do have lows? Yeah, pretty much. I just, I mean, I do have doubts. I do make excuses like all people and I do have certain fears. I just don't let them consume me and overwhelm me. So, I mean, we shut down for two months over December and January. We run Little Health, Little Forest Health Retreat, shut down for two months with the bushfires. We opened back up, hit the ground running late February into March. By the second retreat, mid-retreat, we had to, you know, Australia went into lockdown, the first lockdown, and we had to send everyone packing, unfortunately, and we've only just opened up again two weeks ago to our first retreat. And sadly, we had a few people from Melbourne booked in a few months ago. They couldn't make it. Um, so, yeah, so like everyone, we, we've been affected by this, uh, by the whole corona situation and by the changes to the way we live our everyday life, from going shopping to going out to a party to having friends over to hugging people to shaking hands. There's all these things that have changed, and I guess what a lot of people don't realise unconsciously or almost covertly, all these things are affecting our stress levels. So our, our stress keeps building up, building up, building up, and so many people I liken stress to or our life to being a little bit like a pressure cooker. And so what happens is one event happens and then another event happens and then we're not allowed to do this. I can't leave the house. Somebody says this. I see a little bit of, you know, devastating news and it keeps building up and then we become like this. It's like the lid on the pressure cooker of life is just boiling away because we don't have the pressure cooker release valve and that's how I use self-hypnosis and meditation with both myself and teaching others to have that pressure cooker release valve, to have the the whistle go, the steam let off, sit back, take a moment for yourself, de-stress, unwind, relax, and, and take a break from the frantic mind. 
Oh my gosh, there's so many great uh, metaphors there and uh, and parallels, and and I I hear what you're saying and I feel what you're saying there, Mark. And I know that people watching this and listening to this will be feeling it as well because they feel that pressure cooker situation. I do a talk. I've been doing this talk for 15 years called the uh, Crack Your Stress Code, and it investigates and navigates how stress impacts your nervous system and then how that plays out in the uh, transcription of DNA and R- you know RNA then DNA and so on and so forth. And so I often talk about the graduation of stress. So we're talking that stress being good, uh, being one of those things that's beneficial. You need to feel stress. And then when you, you know, experience stress and you understand it, harness it, use it for good. Uh, when it becomes a little bit out of control, it graduates to a period of either uncertainty or overwhelm. And, uh, and I think a lot of people have kind of found themselves in that space. And then the next graduation of that might be insomnia um, and then moving through from insomnia where there's a lack of restoration or restorative sleep to bring the body back into, um, I suppose, a calmer state. Uh, people would then uh, disintegrate into depression, um, and and that is the ultimate mental health, um, you know, disease where people w- will really struggle to find their way back to stress because they're fearful of stress. So, how do you see that as a progression model? Exactly, exactly what you said. There's all these little stresses happening with with the restrictions and all these other things, and not being able to visit family and friends, especially at the moment, Victoria. I mean, we went through it here. In New South Wales and so the rest of the country but as soon as it was over poor old Victoria you're back in the deep end again so all of a sudden everything just as things start to feel normal you were thrown in even further in the deep end and so for people it's it boils down from all of my experience I've worked with a lot of stress a lot of people it boils down to the way you're looking at the stress so for people who are sitting there going oh no I can't leave the house. Oh, no, this is horrible. It's bad. It's terrible. That creates a negative energy which affects our immune system, affects our emotional well-being because thoughts are energy, whereas you've got other people going, fantastic, as, as well I would prefer to have a different situation. I'm looking at this in a different way. This is my time to learn yoga, to learn a new language, to, you know, to connect or to study or to, to do something, and those people are getting through it a lot more easily than those who are going, this is bad, It's can't, I can't leave, I'm, I'm a prisoner, it's horrible. You know, there's an old saying by, by Frederick Langbridge who said this in 1896, and I'll change it to be more politically correct because it used to say two men, but it's two people look out through the same bars. One looks down at the mud, the other up at the stars. So in which direction you look determines how you're affected emotionally, which determines your behaviours, the way you respond in everyday life, which affects your mental, emotional and physical well-being. And, and, you know, the model you gave of leading through from stressful events into that anxiety, uh, you know, getting into depression, and then for a lot of people come out of this with PTSD They'll cut because, it, you know, things like PTSD and depression can come around from one single massive traumatic event or a series of events. And at the moment... The series of events, these events are never-ending. They just keep going one after the other, after the other, after the other. It's one bit of bad news after another, although luckily the, the cases and the death rate's coming down, but at the same time, there's still all this other uncertainty. Uncertainty creates stress. Fear creates stress. Negative thoughts create stress. So, you know, I guess a lot of the work I do with people is learning how to switch off, learning how to feel better about yourself, learning how to do little things. Uh, and it's it's not about the big things. It's not about sitting down and meditating for half an hour. I did a 90-minute morning ritual today. 
but which is my thing. I wake up at five to do that before my day starts. Tai Chi, Qigong, meditation, bit of yoga, stretching. That's my morning ritual that sets the tone for the day. But with a lot of people, if you just start off with a few minutes, one minute, five minutes, if, if every 30 minutes or hour you did a mini one-minute meditation, the pressure cooker re- release valve keeps letting the stress calm down, letting it decrease where you feel better, you feel a little bit more inspired or you feel a bit more centred and less overwhelmed. Uh, Mark, I love this. I want to go a bit off script with something that you just said because it's something that I ponder regularly and I'd love to uh, I'd love to see what our listeners and, and viewers on the Facebook Live you have to say is you, you, you made that wonderful quote about looking at the mud or the stars and there's a, a Holocaust survivor who I refer to regularly Alice Hurt Sommer, who is the oldest female survivor, lived to 110, but she had a twin sister, and the twin sister died a lot younger than 110. And Alice said, look, my sister was very pessimistic. I've always been far more optimistic. Referring back to your quote, you know, Alice Hurt Sommer looked at the stars, her sister Mitzi looked at the mud. But a lot of the work these days is that, well, you, if you've been looking at the mud your whole life, you are actually quite capable of looking at the stars. And a lot of people argue that, is it nature, nurture, is it my genes or the rest of it. Now, COVID comes along and the people that would say it's in their nature to look at the mud uh, are feeling all of the symptoms that you that you were talking about, even potential PTSD from this experience. But are you saying for people that are on this call and, and listening to this podcast that that can be changed? And if you think that you are a mud watcher, you don't have to own that as much as you may think you do. 100%. And I thought 100 not out might have been something to do with cricket or 100 living life to the full. Now that you've just mentioned the centenarian, uh, there was a study done a few years back, I think it was a Harvard study, where they watched 20 people over an extended period, over over decades, and uh, the group, half of the group were very optimistic and thinking positive thoughts and looking at the stars, and half of the group were looking at the mud. The group that were looking at the stars outlived the other group by an average of seven and a half, seven point five years. So just the upbeat thinking, the more positive. But my whole job as a hypnotherapist, as a meditation teacher, is helping people take their old story. So what you were just talking about is the person who's the pessimist or looking at the mud. It's what's their attention on, what's their focus on, every bit of bad news, everything that's gone wrong, absorbed in that, and they're basically meditating on that, on how bad it is, how horrible it is, how terrible everything is. And I'm not saying it's not horrible and it's not terrible and, you know, some people have done it a lot harder. But when you can take the time away from that focus of attention, the, the Tibetan the Tibetan Buddhist monks say our mind is like an ocean and the wind brings up the swell. It churns it up. So the wind of thought, those the wind of negative thought, churns up the ocean of our mind, yet below the surface it's always calm. So by doing a meditation, and it can be, a, you know, there's so many ways to meditate, we sink down beneath, beneath the, the churned up mind, we sink below that and we return to that place of calm which is always within us. And I've seen some of the most depressed, the worst case of depression, the worst case of PTSD, returned soldiers, uh, people who've been through horrific things, I've helped them find or guided them to find that place of calm because it's within all of us. It's, it's always there, but our racing mind just needs to be retrained. We retrain the brain to return to calm, to return to a place of, of happiness because that happiness is there. 
anyone who's been depressed for a long time, there's been times when they've laughed about things. There's been times when they've been distracted from what their attention was on. So if their attention is on the story, it all comes back to this one thing, the story you're telling yourself. That's all I'm working with people on day in, day out, whether it's a group of 100, a group of 10 or one person, how do we change the story? I worked with one of Australia's Australia's number one tennis player for, for a long time in this generation. He had the story, I'm getting too old. I've got too many injuries. I can't keep up with the top players anymore. As soon as we change that story to I can play at my best, I can be my best, I've still got it in me, I am worth it, I deserve to win, all of a sudden everything changed. He started beating, he started beating uh, world's top players when he was pretty low in the rankings. And, and the same with, you know, with, with, I mean, we've got this sport, I don't know if you've heard of it, called NRL. It's, um, you know, it's, it's rugby league. I know it's, it's, you guys have got a different game going on down there. But, I mean, I know this is a national, international thing. But so with the NRL, I worked with the Cronulla Sharks after a 13-game losing streak and they had a story. You know, the, the vice captain was telling himself, I'm a ball dropper and a fumbler. And because he ran onto the field saying, I hope I don't lose the game today, he kept dropping the ball. But as soon as we changed that story, and the same thing here now with, with COVID-19 or someone who overeats or, you know, a lot of people. I had an email yesterday from a woman who's put on 30 kilo plus since COVID-19 kicked in. That's since March. She's put on 30 kilos, so she wants some help. But it's the story she's telling herself. It's too hard. I can't cope. I'll just have one. One won't hurt. I'll do it later. I'll do some exercise tomorrow and I'll just distract myself with something else like binge watching Netflix or just staying on social media the whole time or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, watching the news over and over and over again, which suppresses the immune system. It weakens the immune system. Negative thoughts and non-stop watching of the news weaken the immune system. I'm not saying be, you know, oblivious to everything and wear rose-coloured glass and pretend there's not bad things happening, but we have to keep having breaks from that and that's the beauty of meditation and changing your story. So changing the I can't to I can, I'll do it later to I'll do it now, I'm not good enough to I am good enough, I deserve it, I'm worth it, I matter, and then all of a sudden those thoughts lift you up and make you feel more positive. And when you, you lift and you feel emotionally better, you start to do things differently. Damo, are you there? Damo? I think he's on mute. Damo, come back. All right. Well, Damo's working his microphone out. I've got a follow-up question, Mark, just to be really clear here. Is the way for the pessimist, because, again, for people that are feeling like this, for you, is meditation the way? Because I, I suppose my question, my, my feeling is I'm more, I love the idea of living meditatively. I'm not one that, uh, again, I've got four kids under 10. Doing a 90-minute ritual is uh, the pre-kids uh, uh, morning ritual for me. If I can go for a walk and listen to the birds sing and see the rustling of the tree leaves and go down to the beach and hear the, the waves crashing, that's very calming for me. But I, I don't necessarily pop it in a meditation practice type thing. Where do you sit on, on that for the... You're spot on, 100% exactly right, because mindfulness, which is Zen, the Zen meditation, and you know whether it's Chinese Zen, Japanese Zen, Tibetan mindfulness, that's all about turning daily activities into meditation. So wax on, wax off. Yeah. Washing the dishes can become a meditation. 
going for a walk, listening to the birds, sitting and just breathing mindfully, eating an apple. You can sit there and eat an apple and that become, becomes a meditation when rather than watching TV while you're sitting there eating, you just take that time to sit back, you feel your arm moving up, you eat the apple, you slowly bite it. So these little one or two minutes, this is what I'm talking about, turning one or two minutes. So you've hit the nail on the head, turning one or two minutes or three minutes at a time. If you've ever seen a Japanese tea ceremony, it's beautiful to watch. Just watching it, you go into a deep state of meditation because they're in this deep state of meditation, everything from pouring the drink to making the tea to pouring the tea to drinking the tea becomes a meditation. So sure, just walking down uh, you know, to the river or to the park or just opening a window, sitting on the veranda or, or sitting in front of a candle for a minute or two minutes. Or th- you don't have to sit there for 30 minutes or 60 minutes or 90 minutes. You know, it's about making meditation easy and mindfulness is one way to get into the meditative state to be more present because it's really about what is your attention on. So if you, you, know, if you take a break from your work for a minute or two minutes, and just go and get a glass of water and drink that water mindfully in the present moment. Your mind will start to wander. You keep bringing it back to the drinking of the water, the swallowing of the water, and thinking. We use, I like to use some mantras, so I've got all these little affirmations or mantras like, only goodness enters my body. Only goodness. As you breathe in, only goodness. As you breathe out, enters my body. In, only goodness. Out enters my body. And so as you're eating an apple, you could just be swallowing it thinking only goodness enters my body. And for some people who've tried to meditate and found it hard, it's not that hard because the mind will race. It's about bringing, you know, uh, there's a Zen saying that says to control a cow, you give it gracious pastures. So with our mind, which is can seem so hectic and so full of thoughts, these 60, 70,000 thoughts a day, to try to stop those thoughts seems impossible. And I can guarantee the best meditators in the world, the Dalai Lama would say, you can't stop your thoughts. You you have breaks from your thoughts, but the mind keeps generating thoughts. And one thought attaches to another thought and attaches to another thought, and it brings with it a whole range of feelings. So all of a sudden, the, the problem being one negative thought can lead a downward spiral to a second negative thought and then a a, a bad feeling, a sad feeling or some other negative feeling like fear, which then generates its own negative thoughts, which generate more negative feelings and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm not even going to get out of bed. I knew I'd get up on the wrong side of bed. I knew it was going to be bad. I knew things were going to go wrong. I'm I'm staying in bed. I'm not leaving the house, which we can all do that easily. Yeah, you'll get a fine if you do. So don't don't go anywhere. That's right. No doubt about it. So to answer your question, is meditation the answer? It's part of the solution. One of the things I've been doing for a long time, having learnt meditation for decades and then having learnt and studied hypnotherapy for the past 30 years and meditation for 20 years before that and continuing to learn under under a wide range of great teachers and, and masters, I combine the meditation together with the hypnotherapy, so I call it mindful hypnosis or mindful hypnotherapy, where I start the hypnotherapy session generally with a meditation or or just do a beautiful meditation, a visualisation or a breathing meditation, taking one minute out to breathe and just have a mantra, breathing in, peace, breathing out, release, peace, release, something simple like that. And 
then if it's a longer session or if there's a specific outcome to then incorporate the hypnotherapy in there. Hypnotherapy is, a lot of people get confused. They think of a dancing chicken or sing like Elvis or someone is going to, yeah, people will turn around and go, someone is going to control my mind. He's going to look in the eyes, don't look in the eyes. So unfortunately, you've given us a bad name. So, um, you know, it's not dancing like a chicken. That's a fun <laughs> show. Drink. But clinical hypnosis is basically helping a person, finding out what their challenge is, what they'd like to overcome or what they'd like to stop doing as a habit or what they'd like to achieve as a goal and then working out, well, what's holding you back? Certain thoughts and beliefs, uh, certain emotional baggage in the backpack of life, and then how can we create a goal compelling enough to draw you towards it while clearing away enough of the baggage that you can free yourself from those prison bars of thought of it's too hard, I'll start later, I'm not worth it, I don't deserve it, I'm too tall, too short, too this, too that, I can't stop eating, I'm an alcoholic. I've seen people stop drinking two dozen drinks a day and go through no withdrawals. I've seen people... Uh, one guy, 80 cigarettes and 15 coffees a day. And he, he, he had the shakes a bit from the coffees, but the cigarettes, the cravings were not really. I don't know, a bloke, old Merv, 10 years ago, helped, he'd been smoking since World War II. Merv, two packs a day since World War II. 10 years ago, Merv uh, came to a seminar. He stopped smoking. And, and we did a TV story on him because he was, you know, he'd been smoking since World War II. That's a long time. And anyway, every year I got a call from Merv, hey, Mark, it's Merv. It's, it's a year since I stopped smoking. It's two years. I just wanted to thank you for helping me stop smoking and saving my life and thank God for giving me life. And, and every year we'd have a bit of a banter on that. And then about four years ago, I never heard from Merv. And three years ago, I never heard from Merv. And two years ago. And so a few months ago, I went, oh, haven't heard from Merv for a few years. He'd, he'd be close to 90 now. The poor old bugger's probably gone. Gee, I used to look forward to those calls every year on the anniversary. And then I get this call. Hi, Mark, it's Merv. Haven't touched a cigarette for 10 years. Just wanted to say thank you. And um, so I dropped over and had a cup of tea with Merv. Oh, and we caught up. Merv must be pretty old. Um, I I have loved this so far, and I, I think if we kept on going for another hour or so, I'd continue to love it, Mark. One of the things I've always joked about, often when you joke about something or you're a bit um, uh, sarcastic, there's an element of truth in every little thing. I've always been an optimist. Um, I've had a lot of success in my life, which I'm really happy with and proud of. And Marcus is right. I, I've definitely become disarmed, and probably now more than ever, um, I probably feel like maybe meditation might help me, but I've always quipped that meditation stresses me out. Well, the thought of meditation stresses me out. And uh, and so I would love this. And I know that our watchers and listeners would also love this. I'd love it if you could take us through maybe a minute of meditation or um, what did you call it? Meditative mindfulness or? Mindful hypnosis. Mindful hypnosis. I can add a tiny bit of hypnosis at the end. We could do maybe a minute of meditation and yeah. then maybe just 30 seconds or so of just a really brief light hypnotherapy because hypnosis is merely a state of relaxation with heightened awareness and increased ability to take on board positive suggestions. So if, if those, you know, if you if your listeners and viewers 
would like to join in, providing no one's driving a car. Yeah. Right. Pull, pull the car over. <laughs> yeah, pull the car over. We'll off Harvey, get off the road. Yeah, listen to it when, when or if you're walking down the street. Maybe do your best not to walk into that telegraph pole. Um, yes. <laughs> the beauty with meditation is tie the dog up. We can do it with our eyes open. We don't have to close our eyes. Or you can close your eyes if you'd like to cut out all that visual stimulation. So if you're ready to get started, I'm ready to go anytime. So we can do a nice, simple minute or so meditation with a, a little bit of hypnosis on the end now. Yeah, all right, let's do it. I, I'm always ready. So uh, let's. Right. So in your own time, either sitting comfortably or lying down comfortably, however you feel comfortable, just let your, body, let your shoulders relax. Maybe just move your shoulders around for a second. Notice if there's any tension in your shoulders. Let your shoulders flop and relax. And if you're sitting, your body's upright. And if you'd like to, you can let your eyes close all the way down, all the way down, or leave your eyes open. It's up to you, eyes closed or open. But as you sit there, notice you feel your breathing flowing in and flowing out. Feel your breath flow in and flow out. And maybe you can hear the sound of your breath. Maybe you can feel your breath. Or you could simply watch your breath or imagine you're watching your breath flowing in and out. With each breath, you can become more and more relaxed. Let all tension drift away, draining away by simply focusing on your breathing. And you might notice sounds around you. There could be the sound of wind or other sounds outside traffic or other people. Or let those sounds just come and go. Sounds come, sounds go, just like your breath coming and going, almost like waves rolling up a beach, rolling up the beach and rolling down the beach back into the ocean. Imagine now in a moment we're going to include a very simple thought or affirmation on the in-breath will think the thought peace and on the out-breath will think the thought release. So when you're ready, take a slow, deep breath in, thinking the thought peace. And as you exhale, think the thought and feel the feeling of release. Slowly breathing in peace. And a slow breath out, release. Let everything, let all tension drift away. A slow, really deep breath all the way in, peace. And exhale out, release, and let everything completely relax. Continue to breathe in, peace. And breathe out, release, in your own time. And simply be aware of your legs as you feel your legs are where they are. Your legs are in your legs. Maybe you can feel your body and your back. Body and back. Maybe you can feel your arms, your arms in your arms. Arms in arms. Maybe you can feel your face and your head, head in head as everything deeply relaxes, as you breathe in, just think the thought body and mind as you breathe out together as one. Continue to breathe in body and mind together as one. And at any time throughout the day, 
you can simply take one minute out to just do exactly what you're doing now, to take three or four or five slow, deep breaths and simply think the thought peace and feel peace as you breathe in and release and feel release as you breathe out. Or you may like to think on the in-breath, body and mind, on the out-breath, together as one. As you become present in the moment, and feel really connected to that sense of calm and you can hold on to that calm now throughout the day and keep returning to calm by simply taking a few deep breaths, peace and release, or body and mind together as one. And just hold on to that feeling as you slowly open your eyes back wherever you are and notice how you're feeling now. Whoa. Wow. I was a bit concerned about doing that as a co-host on here that I might fall asleep. <laughs> that was that was beautiful. I had I did have a little dream that uh, you guys kept on going and I stayed, you know, in my meditation state. <laughs> that was we, great. We have so many people when because a lot of the time I'll do three or four meditation or five meditation techniques for five to ten minutes before a hypnosis session. Then we might do a twenty-minute or thirty-minute hypnosis session here at the retreat, and. Uh, or when I'm doing groups, we, we do lots of, we've done more seminars in Melbourne generally than we've done anywhere else. So we, we often do two or three group weekends a year down there, the inner makeover weekend. And the amount of times people have said, no, no, I don't want to come back. I'm really enjoying this peace and calm. And it's just a floating feeling or a sinking feeling. And it's just that minute or two to step back, to step back from the frantic energy of the day, the energy of the people around us, the energy of the media, the energy of the Premier and everyone, you know, downstream from him and the energy of, you know, traffic going past and the sounds we hear and, and the things where we're reliving, the feelings of things that happened yesterday, last week, last month, last year, that happened when we are in a relationship 10 years ago or that happened when we were a teenager or when we were a little kid. We keep replaying these events over and over and or we... we Think of events and how bad it's going to be next week, next month, next year, or things going wrong. And those thoughts, those images, they distract us from being present in the moment. We forget to live in the in the now. I had a my mum's my mother's ex boyfriend who lived with her for ten years. He was like a dad, great guy. Rang me up last week, and we sort of lost contact the last you know ten fifteen years. And only every now and again he rang up and he said, oh, "I just wanted to you know." touch base with you i've had my third round of cancer treatments not looking crash hot and i said we're going to have to catch up soon or we're away for a week we'll come up as soon as we're back and he's in newcastle and we just chatted it was great to chat and catch up about all sorts of things and he, he said mark something my father always told me that i've always remembered it's always later than you think it's later than you think and my one of my philosophies is i, I ask people who says you're going to do it later you're going to learn to meditate later. You'll learn that language later. You'll, you'll learn to dance later. You'll go on that diet next Monday, next week, next month, next year. You're going to do it later, later. About 80 to 90% of people put their hand up and say, yeah, I'm always saying I'll do it later. Procrastination is such a big thing. And I always say, well, I've got news for you. It's already later. Later has come and gone. It, today is the day. Now's the time. You know, get into it. Get it started. Get it done. Three, two, one. Get it done. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. And then I go from meditation and being peaceful and calming to the, you know, come on, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. 
<laughs> now, when I help Big Jordan, who I don't know if you can see that there. Yeah. Oh, the subway guy. Yeah, subway. Is that subway guy? Big Jordan weighed 310 kilos. That was Jordan when I first started working with him. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So that was Big Jordan when I first started working with him. And he had a story. He was overwhelmed with stress and anxiety. He had a story that I can't stop eating. I'm a human eating machine and I'm probably going to kill myself doing this. And I've got no energy. We change the story a little bit at a time. And that's the beauty, I think, with meditation is great because it helps you calm down and de-stress. Combining it in with self-hypnosis, because all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, combining the self-hypnosis in, we reset our mind, we reprogram our mind to visualise our goals, to overcome you know, old challenges, to let go of emotional baggage, and then you know, life changes. Mark, it's been so it's been absolutely wonderful. Our our Facebook viewers, uh, Carolyn Keane, said she had her eyes leaking uh, during that meditation. She said she thinks she needed that release. Ravi Rudner's feeling very relaxed. Uh, Wendy Adams said thank you. That was great. We've had Heidi Jennings and a number of others on here. Debbie Bunyard. Pete Lennon uh, is just now feeling like a meditation master. I think, uh, you know, it's amazing what a short, you know, chunk of the day can do to help people feel a lot calmer. I mean, personally, I felt absolutely beautiful uh, doing that mini meditation. And I think your message here is that it doesn't have to be a lifelong commitment, 24 hours a day sitting on top of a, a mountain, you know, really just finding inner peace. We can have it now. And I like your, you've got both sides of the coin. It's like, do it now. Later is now. Now is later. Um, and I think your contribution in such a short space of time to the podcast and our community, we're really grateful for. So thanks so much for joining Absolutely. us on the podcast, Mark. I've enjoyed being here and, you know, and it's baby steps. Take small steps, do little things that make you feel good. Do something simple that lifts you, inspires you, take a minute out to meditate and just feel good, feel happy, feel positive. Now, guys, for Mark and for more of Mark, we really highly recommend you uh, get the Mind Free app. It's free for seven days, which we think is wonderful. I love Mark's style, so I know I'm going to be getting the Mind Free app. You can get it at mindfreeapp.com. It's in the uh, app store and all the rest of it. But go to mindfreeapp.com for all the information and see how it works. I know, uh, as Mark was saying before we hit record, there is so much content in there. So if you love the mini meditation we did today, for all of that and more, head on over to mindfreeapp.com. Uh, Damo, thanks for your wisdom as always. Great man. Thank you, PC. So great, mate. Great uh, great interview, Mark. Thank you so much for your time. It was terrific. I uh, really, really enjoyed that. And uh, and I've enjoyed your app too. I had a really nice listen. The very first day I downloaded it, which was last week, um, I listened to quite a lot of the content and got a lot from it straight away. So I was really excited to meet you today. So thank you. Thank you. Arigato gozaimasu. Bonjour. Maybe we can have another chat down the track. Yeah, yeah we'd absolutely love, love that. Love it. Um, so listeners, to, for Mark Stevens, go to mindfreeup.com. For Damo, damienchristoff.com, and myself, marcuspierce.com.au. To all of our loyal listeners and viewers of the podcast, thank you for joining us. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 100 not out over at Instagram at 100.notout. And until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. 
Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.